Get out the way, paintings. Paintings, please. It's a problem when you have too many paintings in your world. Maybe I should sell some. Sup, kids? How are you doing today? Brief little sip of the old, the old coffee. Move the microphone out of the way. Well, not out of the way. The cable. Move the cable out of the way. I've, I've realized I have a habit of gesturing with the microphone, so I'm trying my best to, um, you know, not do that because it, it interrupts the audio, which is uncomfortable for you guys, and I don't, I don't want to upset you guys. So I have a dream. It's a big dream. It's big. And we're, we're going to discuss it slightly because it leads into another idea, which I have. And, I, you know, it's, it's not like a, a you know, it's not like I have a dream. It's not, you know, a world-changing dream or anything like that. But it's a core principle that I think is indelible to society. And we kind of struck on it a little bit when we discussed whether you're living rich or whether you're living well. And I thought we'd expand upon it a little bit and see where we go with the idea. So let, let me let me roll this around the old noggin for you as a, as a dream. So... I have this dream, and I, you know, I, I, I chat with a few people who do this. So the idea of willing an ex- idea into existence. So maybe this is it. Maybe this is me willing the idea into existence, or maybe this is just dooming myself by saying this is my dream, and then when I never achieve it, I can look back at it and go, "You absolute idiot! What were you doing? Why were you thinking? That's insane! You can't do that. That's not a thought." Anyway, back to the point. So I have this dream, and this dream is to essentially, I don't. I don't even know where to start with this. I always think of it as a way to explain it, but there is never really a good way to explain it. So, my goal, if I have a goal in life, is to escape the race. Right? That's my goal. I think that's the goal for a lot of people. Okay? And when I say the race, I mean, like, the rat race. I mean, like, the having a job, needing to work all the time... Not really valuing your time versus the time of an employer. But my goal is to escape the race. That's everyone's goal. Because if you think about it, that has to be the goal. Because everyone's goal is to eventually, someday, retire. And retiring is to be an end-all, escaping the race. It's owning your own home and having enough financial security that you can just do whatever you want. So my goal is to escape the race. How I do that is entirely up to me. If I quit my job and become destitute, that's technically escaping the race, but in a much harder way, you know, there's a lot more learning to do along those bounds, or you can escape the race by working until you're, you know, 60, I think it's now 65 retirement age in the UK, um, which means I have another 30 years of work to go or you can you know you could game the system you could win the lottery that would help you escape the race but usually lottery winners end up destitute so i guess you know we're, we're keeping on the escape the race plot as it were you know people just bad badly manage money it's when you get it's when you get that cash injection when ca- when cash doesn't come to you gradually over time and you don't really know what to do with cash you never really had it you kind of get it and you go ha, i'm gonna go do all the things and then you realize yeah i don't have money management therefore boom destitution bankruptcy tax evasion all the usual fun things anywho what was i saying so yeah my goal is to escape the race if i do this 
properly in the way which I want to do it. I have a kind of like a apparently I'm hunting rabbits. Um, if I have a like a like a five ten year plan in in my head of if I do keep working and I manage to keep working at the pace I keep working, blah blah blah. blah logically, the way I could stack it would mean that I could escape the race in ten years, which would mean I'd be about I don't know forty mid forties where I'd be able to start a job doing something which I really really am passionate about i mean i love my job right now my job's great um and it's something which keeps me entertained and that's why i'm happy to keep working for them as i do but the goal is to escape the race right so that's step one step one of the dream is to escape the race but the dream itself is much bigger than escaping the race because like i say everyone has to escape the race dream everybody has it but my real dream my real dream is to be able to, and I've had, I realized this the other day when I was discussing with a friend. I've had this dream since I was like a child, okay, and I didn't realize I still had it as a dream because it's modified itself in such a manner, which is, I don't know, it's, it's, I guess it's emotional growth as a human being. It could be something like that, but you know, that's for you to decide in the comments. But. My my dream right now is essentially getting to a point where I have financial stability to own my own house, own my own store or building in which I can do whatever I want with, store, cafe, blah, 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 and invest in other people, okay? And that kind of develops as an idea where I think to myself, well, if I own my own store and I don't really need to make money because I already own my own house, which means my costs are extremely minute and just have to basically live, and I own the building which my store is in, then they can't really tell anything to do it because, again, my costs are minute. I just need to make enough to cover you know, taxation and such. Then I'm free of the system. Therefore, if I then had money on top of that where I could push that into something where you know you are a landlord but you don't charge full rent you charge reduced rent which allows people who live with you or live for you in their house to be able to accumulate savings thus giving them a better chance of escaping the system earlier and the same with businesses if you own two businesses and you rented that business to someone else or you get rent that space you allow them to be in your space but you don't charge them for that space or you 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 take a very small cut compared to what someone who is trying to profit off other human beings would do. Therefore, you are gradually building and you obviously you employ people and you pay them a living wage. Essentially, I have this like utopic vision in my mind of owning multiple things and allowing people to work and live in those spaces in a way which improves their lives. Which is the big dream, right? That's the big dream to do Something like that. Now, going back to me as a kid, when I was a kid, I had this dream. <laughs> and this dream was essentially to own what I could only be described as a compound, which sounds terribly dark when you consider the word compound and how that gets used nowadays. But I, I drew these designs and I draw these designs when I was like age eight, eight to 10 or so. And they'd be these huge, vast grounds. They'd be like, country manor level s grounds but most of it would be trees so you wouldn't really be able to move around it and there'd be these pocket houses and these and i realize now it's basically a gated community <laughs> but you you had these pocket houses and they were all self-sufficient and they all had you know access to animals and dogs and there was loads of dogs at one point i weighed like 10 dogs that would that would you know i realize now that that's probably not a good financial decision to have a lot of dogs 
But I wanted like 10 dogs and I wanted an aviary. And, I, you know, essentially I wanted the house from Adam's family. Or Casper, the house from Casper movie. If you ever go back and watch the house, the Casper movie, that house is ridiculous and amazing. Anyway, I built these, like, these, basically these villages, these towns, and then I had this dream for a long while of just building a town. I loved the idea of building a town and being not so much in charge of the town, but having a system where the rules of the town would be more dictated by the people who lived in it rather than just like a, a micro few. And I realize, again, very altruistic, very upstart, grassroots. But I've had, I realized I've had this dream for ages. I was describing this this idea for, you know, buying property and, and investing in people to a friend of mine. And it just clicked in my head. I was like, I'm just building my town. That's all I'm doing. I've now moved past the idea that I want to build my own place and build a town. And now I'm just like, oh, all right, so if I can just beat the system, then I can just buy places places and not even build a town i could just buy a town and i mean that's a side dream buy my home my hometown would be a fantastic level of there's a level of megalomania and like weird like super villain-esque commitment to that narcissism which is just rooted in the back of my brain and that ego is is that you know i've mentioned before I'm, i'm not great with ego but it is rooted somewhere in the back of my own. Like, I could just own that damn town. Shout out to the people from my hometown, by the way, if you're watching this. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's there. But, so, to my point. Now, so, when I was designing these, these places as a kid, these were places of isolation, right? That's what they were. Realistically, they were places of isolation. I was a quiet child. I'm a quiet adult. I was a quieter child. I didn't get along particularly well with people not through you know me being outwardly aggressive or anything like that just i didn't want to know about them and i in a way you know in many ways that you could say i still don't I'm, I'm a private person apart from all the stuff i put on the internet which is an oxymoron in itself but i decide what i put out to you i decide what goes out into the world so when i drew these compounds as a kid it was to keep people out it was to give myself these fortresses to give myself these barriers i remember vividly there'd be walls and barbed wire and essentially prisons i was building prisons for myself as a kid because i didn't want anyone else near me i have all of them as i say masses of trees because what's the best thing to keep people out thick forests thick forests are great for keeping people out and that means when people try to get in it takes them longer to get in and then these houses would be vast houses but they'd be empty because all i really wanted was like two rooms like a bedroom and a studio i there's still a dream of mine to own a room and it's the most ridiculously ostentatious thing of wanting to own a singular room with one chair in it like a room three times the size of this but with a single chair in it and painted one color i love the idea of that just as a space almost conceptually just as like an artistic piece but i know that says much more about me as a human being that i need a space where there is nothing than um you know anything else which i could possibly create anywho but yeah i was creating these isolation spaces and i was creating these these lock-offs from the world and that's what when you think about it that's what gated communities are that's what private estates are for that's what the rich and the super rich do they build themselves lands which are disconnected from everyone else to create these bonds of isolation now as i've gotten older and gotten more used to people and i don't even think it's gotten i've gotten more used to people because like i say i'm still very private as a person what i think's actually occurred within me is more of an appreciation of other people's situations so even when i'm in contact or confronted with someone whose opinions are a polar opposite of mine my brain just deconstructs them and thinks right 
this is who you are as a being. I'm really curious how you got to be how you are as a human being. And, uh, you know, part of that's one of the reasons behind this podcast of just knowing how people are put together fascinates me. But, uh, you know, I can see the strings. I can see the path which you've taken and I can see what led you to this moment and why you may have formed the opinions that you formed, even if they conflict with mine. It's when you try to force them on me that, you know, it'll trigger something and I'll have that response of where I'll basically just want to dismantle you. But, and I've discussed that in a previous podcast as we discussed with gatekeeping, but it, it really comes down to that idea of evolving your outward view and evolving the way to look for. Now, when we discussed living rich and living well, I mentioned this idea that what when I think when I get to a certain level of wealth, all I really want to do is funnel that back into things. I want to funnel that back into people and funnel that into situations where people can be helped and my situation is improving the world around me and the gaps and the spaces around me to really just to break the cycle. That's all I really want to do is I really want to, I just want to break the cycle. And the more I get, the less I feel like I deserve. So breaking that cycle becomes even more important. If if I was suddenly fantastically rich, I none of it would really go on me. I'd buy a house so I can stop renting. But most of it would go back into things. It would go straight back into development and owning and helping people and, and just pushing that whole idea of really supporting ideas. And I think that's what's been lacking. And I think that's been lacking because the whole point of this podcast and this, this one which I want to discuss to say is I don't think as human beings you get chance to retire from humanity, right? I think there is a level of responsibility no matter how old, how rich, how disconnected you become from the people around you and the societies which raised you and the social bubbles which raised you and the families which raised you. No matter how disconnected you are from all of that, I think there you can't be disconnected from humanity because you're, you're always going to be human. Which sounds incredibly hippie-ish, I do realise, to say we're all connected. And I don't think it's necessarily that we're connected. I think it's a responsibility. Because if you've gone through life in such a manner where you feel like you need to disconnect and you need to escape, chances are you faced all the systems which put you there which you hated. So the responsible thing to do is to look back and think, what were those systems and how can I, how can I rearrange those systems so people don't turn out like me? And that's not to say that I don't like who I am. To be honest, at this point in my life, I'm pretty comfortable with who I am. But it took me a long time to get where I am. And it took a long time for me to process and build these ideas and become the person I am. And I think there's a much quicker way if you can help people and remove the barriers which I had. One of the main examples I see and you hear about is is the elderly, is older people. And I'll, I'll use the term boomers, um, the boomer generation. As a word, I mean, my parents are part of the boomer generation. But you, you can see it when you talk to them and you can kind of understand it because 
they've gotten to a point where they're older. A lot of them are facing retirement now or getting to retirement age. And they're thinking to themselves, well, you know, I don't want to deal with all this change. I don't want to deal with all this manic and chaos which the young people bring. And I don't want to have to, well, I don't want to, have to change my life for other people. I've worked so hard. You know, most of them are 60, 70 years, getting to 70 years old. And mo- they don't want to have to change their lives. And you can completely appreciate that. They've struggled through life. Yes, it's been easier than a lot of lives. Yes, they've had more money and the economy was all better and stuff. But there's still been struggle. And you can't equate struggle. That's just reality. You can't compare struggle. So they're getting to this point where they're going, yeah, you know what, I'm going to step back. I'm going to retire. I'm going to go and, you know, live in i guess florida would be the the american solution i don't know where you go in the uk to live cornwall i'm going to go live in these spaces i own my house i'm just going to disconnect the you know strife and struggle for the for the rest of the people strife and struggles for the young it's for people who have the energy to channel challenge those things and when they get money they're they're worried about losing it they don't want to spend the last 10 20 years of their lives in destitution because it's harder when you're older to be in destitution because you have things like medical bills and you know keeping well and looking after your family if you had family and it it becomes this kind of vicious cycle so i completely appreciate from that standpoint that they want to disconnect but i think again you you don't you retire from your job you retire from the race but you don't retire from the human race you don't retire from your humanity of looking and going okay well yes you had a tough upbringing you had a tough life wouldn't it be better if someone didn't have to have that tough life and could just start from from base start from from stability wouldn't it and when you get super rich you see exactly the same behavior they worked from their view hard it's been a long struggle. No one becomes rich overnight unless it's inherited. And that's a whole other conversation to have. But they get to this point where they're super rich and they, they think to themselves, I'm building these compounds. I'm stepping everyone away. I want to keep all my money in me. I want to only invest in things which come from me. And it's greed, yes. It's also fear. And that's all greed is. Greed and fear are two sides of the same coin. And they're at this stage where they're, you know, rejecting things and rejecting the people. It's like when you see that, um, oh, those clips online of rich people, like, freaking out on reality TV shows. Or was it Tyra Banks, like, screaming at somebody who was having a go? And it's like, yes, it's because you've gotten to that point where you're, you're trying to retire from humanity. You're trying to retire from understanding what's going on in the rest of the world. Rather than looking at it and thinking, well, you know, do I really need to open another business if I'm worth millions? Or could I just take the money which I would have funneled into R&D and marketing and all these different things and push it into programs and charities which really help everyone? That's why I, I actually, to say I have struggles with um, sports and, and organized entertainment and stuff like that. What I love seeing is people who have gotten into those industries and absolutely just funnel it back straight back into their community there's a footballer in the uk and i can't think for whose name his name is for the life of me but he's doing a lot to kind of look at school meals for kids and wanting to rebuild that and when you see american football players a lot of them donate money to the schools from the neighborhoods they came from and that is the, that is the key that's all it takes is just funneling it back and if you're worried about taxation when you're super rich i mean i don't understand don't imagine anyone super rich, rich is watching this program, by the way. But when you're thinking like, oh, well, this taxation of rich, it's like, well, cool. 
if you're if you don't want people to take 20% of what you're earning when you're earning millions a year, you should take 20% and think what can I do with this to help the people around me rather than just what can I do with this extra 20% to maximize my earnings for the rest of my life when you already own things. I don't know. It's a hard one to think of. It's a hard one to kind of to wax lyrical on for a while, but it's something I think about when I think about my dream. I don't think I think for a long, for a very long time, I was looking at the world and thinking, I'm retiring from everyone. And I think even it, it appears that way now, because part of my, my dream escape, you know, as it were, would be to retire, own my own house, own my own land, be self-sufficient. And that's got, you know, cabin in the woods vibes, if ever there ever was any, considering I looked like a lumberjack at times, and that, you know seeing me in a cabin alone with my log fire and my allotment that's that's rejecting everyone levels of retirement from humanity but that's not the goal the goal is to have that space and then once i have that space use everything else i have to help others i do it kind of now with no point i mentioned it before the no point initiative of funneling some money back into the situations where people need some money to help them. I have some disposable income and I'm willing to use some of that to help people. People ask me why I do no point and how I can give it away for such low price. It costs me like £30 for 100 issues. If I can't spend £30 on spreading catharsis and creativity, but I can spend 30 quid on a nice meal for myself or going out drinking for an evening, then that's not a person I'm comfortable with being. You don't get a chance to retire from humanity. You're part of it until you're gone. And I think that's the message I want to end this with. Let me know what you think in the comments. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.